Hello, everyone. It's Tony again. Before we dive into today's episode from the Sing Conference in Nashville, I have a small favor to ask. We love to serve you on this podcast, and we want to serve you even better in 2020 and beyond. And to serve you better means we need to know you better. And to that end, we put together a brief little survey that takes just a few minutes to fill out, and it will be up online until the end of January. Uh, If you're willing to help us out, we would really appreciate it. Go online to desiringgod.org forward slash survey. That's desiringgod.org forward slash survey. And I'll mention that address after today's episode, which starts right now. This spring, Pastor John and I recorded five episodes live and in the flesh in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, A number of you joined us for that recording session. It was great to see you. And at one point in Nashville, we talked about marriage. Here's the interchange. Uh, A lot of questions in this room. We've got 100 questions from folks in attendance. Most of those had to do with marriage. When life gets busy, pastorate gets busy, you've got young kids. How did you find over the years ways to invest in your wife and make your marriage a priority? (laughs) Especially in those busy years of pastoring and with young kids. What, what do you remember from those days about how you built into Noel and your marriage? I think the biggest investment that a, a wife or a husband can make in their spouse is the investment they make in their own soul. Here's what I mean. If you, if you get married, all's rosy, great, love each other, and, and time goes by and you read all kinds of books and you hear a question like that and someone says, how are you investing in your wife? Like that, investing in my wife. <laughs> what does that even mean, <laughs> investing in my wife? Um, I think it is very easy to abstract that from your own soul transformation so that it becomes a project Marriage is a project. Got to read another book. Got to go to another seminar. Got to learn the right, you know, love language. <laughs> well, th- that, can be, that can be good. But far more important is do I go to the Lord and invest in Him and say, God, make me a new person. And that's not just what you pray at the beginning of your Christian life. I mean, if you've lived long enough, and I see people older, a lot of older people out here like me, we know we're sinners today. And I've got soul work to do so that when I open my mouth with my wife, I'm not just investing in her, I'm a new person who loves better who loves better than I did yesterday. So, at 73, I'm fighting for my marriage every day by fighting for my holiness. I'm going to this book and asking not to be unkind, not to be critical. I'm asking to be love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control. That's called happy marriage. <laughs> right? And, and the, main, the main battle is here. It's really here. Even if, even if there's conflict, that's where the main battle is. A text that is just massively important, I think, is uh, Colossians 
3, I think it's 12 and 13. And it says, um, endure one another in love, forgiving one another. Now, in the old King James, the words are forbear and forgive. But endure is really quite an unromantic word. <laughs> and, and it's good. Forgiveness is, is an awesome and wonderful thing. Every, every spouse needs to make a vocation out of asking forgiveness and giving forgiveness. Has to happen, has to happen almost daily, I would say. But here's the rub that I learned really quick. She doesn't think what bothers me is a sin. <laughs> She's got nothing to repent of. And therefore, I've got nothing to forgive. And I'm ticked off. <laughs> now what? I mean, that's serious. Sounds funny. But guess what? So the Bible, this is a great book. This is a really good book. This is a great marriage book. The best marriage book there is. It says, endure one another. Well, now just take five minutes to put flesh on that. What's that mean? Now, I wrote a book on marriage. Probably the most important thing in that book is the compost pile illustration. Every marriage needs a compost pile. You have any idea what a compost pile is? It means you've got a really nice green backyard. It's wonderful. It's a great place to hang out. And the relationship has pukey, dirty, lousy, no good stuff in it that neither of you considers to be sin. <laughs> <laughs> and you could be wrong on that. <laughs> you build a compost pile way off in the corner and you you throw that habit of your spouse in the compost pile. Now you can camp out by a compost pile and smell the stinky stuff all night long, or you can pull a curtain around it and have a picnic at the picnic table on the green grass with the woman you married. While, while all the compost all your junk and all her junk is in the compost pile. You both know they're there, but the smell is bracketed. It's just cut off. And you both are looking in each other's eyes and you're no very honest. There's a compost pile back there. We're not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> we're going to enjoy these grandkids and we're going we're gonna to do this barbecue. And so, um, goodness, I've got... 18 things written down here. That's three of them. I really, I, probably what I just say and then stop is behaviors are late things. I wrote you an email about yep. this recently. Behaviors are late things. Early things are soul things, attitudes, feelings, angers, joys, and that's where the battle is fought with Jesus over your Bible. Yeah. So that when you get up in the morning, go down to the breakfast table after half an hour with Jesus, coming to terms with your own sin, confessing, you're able to speak 
up building things. Let nothing come out of your mouth. This is my wife's favorite verse, I think, when it comes to relationships. Let nothing come out of your mouth, but only what is gracious, what builds up. And, and that's what she faults me with all the time, is that you should do that better. <laughs> <laughs> Read your Bible, John Piper. That's right. <laughs> this whole episode echoes that famous Robert Murray McShane quote to pastors. My people's greatest need is my personal holiness. Or my wife's greatest need is my personal holiness. Which, of course, is all made possible by the atonement of Jesus Christ for me and the living spirit of God inside of me. This is one of five episodes we recorded in Nashville at the Sing Conference, the third to be published in the podcast now. We've already published the episode on when a pastor leaves the faith. That was episode 1379. That's online. And when to stop listening to the podcast, episode 1382. And then, of course, today's episode, What Every Marriage Needs Most, it's episode 1418. That makes number three. And that leaves two more to come, Parenting Non-Christian Teenagers. That one is scheduled for January 15th, which is a phenomenal episode, if I may say so myself. And finally, an episode addressing pro-LGBT evangelicals later to come in 2020. But up next, what are the drawbacks to Christianity as a major cultural voice? That's my question to Pastor John next time on Friday. Until then, if you're willing to help us out, fill out our online survey, go to desiringgod.org forward slash survey. That's desiringgod.org forward slash survey. Survey. Thanks.